Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding round him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up onto the shore, left everything, and followed him. So Sarah's now going to speak to us. Um, Just going just gonna to pray for Sarah before she speaks. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will be with Sarah now. We pray for your Holy Spirit to rain down and, and really inspire her and help her as she's speaking. We pray, Father, that it will be your words, not her words, that, that she says to us, Lord. And I pray that you will give all of us ears and hearts that are open and listening to what you have to say and we pray that you would also send your Holy Spirit into our hearts that we would see what this message means to each of us and be able to apply it in our lives. Pray this for Jesus' glory. Amen. Thank you. So I'm going to aim to look at uh, the way Jesus and Simon relate and to explore how we relate to others. Um, how healthy we relate to others in our chosen environments and discuss some of the barriers that can build up over time, affecting our hearts. Um, right at the start of St. Matt's Venture, when we were letting go of our time in partnership with HTCD um, in order to become community-focused here and sort of more centrally, I recall a, a prophetic word given to us that it was time to sail into deep waters, which inspired me to talk on this passage this evening, a possibly scarier scenario than staying on shore, but nevertheless a safer one in terms of being in the right place at the right time with the Lord. And for others, an excellent sense of excitement about discovering new areas where we could influence to be honest, at that time, um, I felt God undergird me with the truth that he is with us. And I had a real sense that we're going to do great things as his people in and from our building, but equally in and from our hearts, our weekly lives, as we learn to keep a close walk with him and constantly lay things down, hand them over in prayer, resulting in an increased understanding of his heart in us, for us in situations and then overflowing to others. So if we're all honest, it's not where we are or what we're doing for many of us that makes or breaks the day. It's how we have related or how others have related to us. That's the deal. Um, I was tidying up my very 
untidy house. I had a bit of a frenzy. I went mad. Tim, Tim nearly went mad. <laughs> um, and I found this article Bath Weekend, and it was discussing the whole. I got distracted as you do. Um, uh, discussing fears and how we form sort of subconscious associations with objects. It was talking about objects. It could be um, cherries, uh, green teapots, or animals, or stuff, which over time can make us think crookedly about the stuff and some folk then go to lengths to avoid that particular trigger and feed the anxiety in a way. And it ended with a challenge for us to think straight and understand that nothing outside us can affect us. It's just our feeling and thoughts that need to be sorted. And once we realise that, we'll be able to get healthy. And I was left thinking, how? (laughs) But I'm more interested tonight in the fears that we might be carrying of people. Because in Genesis, God made people after matter and animals. But as it's written, the first will be last and the last will be first. We men and women are made in God's image. God's given us the authority to rule over and steward the earth. Um, Hebrews 2, 6, 8 also talks about how we are a smidge lower than the angels and again echoes that created order that we're to function in on earth. It says we are his workmanship. We are created for good works. A thing or an animal can't quite accomplish the purpose for which we live and breathe. So what I'm trying to say is people are important and fear is the opposite of love and we're called to love our neighbor challenging. Uh, So we can be assured that Father God will give us opportunities when we experience um, change in environments, routines, people groups that challenge those fears. And when we're ready, we can allow him to work in our hearts to move us into places that we've never been. Um, I mean, in our personal growth, as well as maybe geographically as well. For a few years, I'd been, I'll give you a, an example of my bad, because I'm into that. For a few years, I'd been carrying around an assumption on my backpack of experiences, probably voiced it with other folk who I knew would agree with me. Um, uh, and it came to bite me on the bum one day. Once I put my foot in it, I remember sitting with a Canadian guy um, and an English businessman and their families. And before I knew it, I'd made a comment about liking Canadians because they're a little quieter than Americans, only to find out that his wife was American. One of those awkward moments. Uh -uh. Um, I was gently corrected by the husband for my careless tongue. And actually, she turned out to be one of the most gentle, servant-hearted ladies that I'd come across in a long time. Uh, I'm so glad that she was big enough to give me a second chance and that I chose to hang around her for a bit. And my um, prejudice, if you like, it's only a slight slip, really, was challenged. Okay. So what am I trying to, what I'm trying to say is, okay, let's aim for a culture where we make little steps with God to turn around whatever area comes up for you to love people. Um, not fear them. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to show us where in our hearts there are those attitudes and judgments that hinder us from relating and perhaps seeking out others. Um, Confess the judgments. Judgments, another word for that is generalizations. And ask Jesus to soften your heart again. 
a recent Sunday morning, Ellie and I went to try a yoga class out of a number of activities we are sussing out at the gym. Um, the exercise was interesting, lots of twists and turns made for a, a stretching and toning time. Ellie was laughing at me. Um, and then at the end, we were reassured that it was the, the downtime, the relaxation time, that if we breathe in and focus on all the ideals we'd like to become in 2017 and then breathe out all the bad ones that we are and then tell ourselves that we are the good things, eventually those traits will become us. And I thought, really? <laughs> it made me chuckle a bit because I could only do it with God in the equation. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do the exercise. It was just, there just wasn't anything. Um, and then in the evening, it was really interesting. The contrast in the atmosphere, I kid you not, you could feel it in the air. Came here, the worship song was that beautiful song about breathing him in, the ruach of God, the breath of the Holy Spirit, and breathing out again. And do you know what? Um, we're not meant to do it on our own. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So we... If we humble ourselves and pray, then he promises to come and heal our land. Probably the land of our hearts is where it starts. Okay. <clears throat> Matthew 11. We will get to the passage. Matthew 11, 27, 30. Jesus states that it's his moment on earth. He's had a handover from God and he states, No one knows the Father except the Son, me, and those to whom the son I, have committed, willed to reveal him. Isn't it great, as Tim said last week, that God was so intentional in finding you? And you are the gift to others. You really are. In the passage that was just read so well for us, thank you, Andrew, Jesus obviously has built up some trust with Simon because he's using his boat for other purposes than fishing. Uh, one of the best ways to relate, I've found, is making yourself indebted to someone. In the dialogue after Jesus finished chatting to the crowd, Simon answers him back. <laughs> he's a bit grumpy, he's quite tired, maybe slightly cynical. But do you know what? Jesus isn't phased. He's confident in the ability of his dad to show up for these guys. So let's persevere and love our friends who aren't yet convinced. Jesus is having some fun here, I think. He knows exactly how the story ends, but they haven't got a clue. This is blind faith now. There was something about how Jesus related that meant that he could be trusted. Something about him. He was worth the extra mile. Are you trustworthy? If people are bending your ear with all sorts of stuff, issues in their lives, take that to be a yes. <laughs> and Jesus addressed, um, Jesus is addressed here as master. He carries a sense of authority about him and on him. This is the anointing which we all need to reach others. We just do. I want to just talk about seasons because I've got a sense that people are in different seasons. I just want to make sure the enemy's not coming in through the back door on that one. So maybe you're in a place where it's out of season for you to be proactive sharing Jesus. There's a season for everything under the sun. You might have been bashed by life lately, this week, today. 
hanging on by your fingernails. You're probably blaming yourself, shooting yourself in the foot, strivings. How could I have done things differently? How can I pray? I get so much wrong. I don't actually think God wants to do much for me right now. Life can be bureaucratic at times. You can feel overlooked. I Just a reference that comes to mind for me. I had a terrible fine through the door just before Christmas from parking eye. I was presented with a black and white photograph of my car, the exact times to the second when I entered and exited the car park and a charge of a whopping grey 80 quid in my face. Um, I had actually paid, actually, but I've got, I'd got the registration wrong um, because I was in a hospital and people are distracted in hospitals for obvious reasons. And, um, yeah, thanks. I thought, thanks. You know, the letter had no grace in it at all. It made me feel like a criminal. It was horrific and it was stressful to appeal against as well. So that is being seen, but for me, the wrong type of being seen. <laughs> Take heart, those of you who are feeling bashed by life. Hang on by your fingernails. He is the God who sees you. He sees the pain. He sees the disappointment. He can carry it. He says, I'll take it if you'll give it to me, and I'll come and heal your land, your soil, the soil of your heart. In contrast um, to that, it, it might be a dormant season for you, and you, you're like a, a kind of weaned child, so you're a bit emotional, but you're learning the lesson of standing on the truth, but not quite able to go and conquer the world for Jesus. So, but always be ready when others ask you, where does your peace come from? Why are you so happy? How do you do that? Be humble enough to mention Jesus in that conversation. This in time can then lead to opportunities. It really can. Um, to, you might be there to give wisdom to someone as they come to you. You might even get opportunities to tell your story, stories of testimony of, of others. You might even get a chance to pray with, not just for somebody. It's a bit like I carry um, a rhesus mask in my handbag so I can um, do... CPR on somebody mouth to mouth without getting infection. So I carry it just in case someone drops dead out there somewhere is dying. I know it sounds daft, doesn't it? It's a force of habit. I did first aid training and nurse training and it's just there. And I just couldn't throw it away. Anyway, it's not happened yet. <laughs> Thankfully, it's been a while. Um, but I don't go out the front door going, who who am I going to give this to today? Who do I need to, to look out for? Who do I need to save a life for today? You know, there are seasons, okay? So you might not be the ambulance man, but you might be the woman with the recess mask in her handbag. Um, I just want to... to oh, what do I want to do? Um... When we're bashed by life, uh, we ourselves need to be found, don't we? We need to be found. And anxiety in our hearts bring us down. But a kind, it says a kind, good word makes the heart glad. Okay, so I want to just say you are the gift of God to others. You are precious. You are dearly loved in his sight. And he's numbered all the hairs on your head. I'm just going to share a testimony of God's kindness to me. Hopefully this will encourage you as well. This is also a way of a good word. Um, 
I was anxious not long ago about the loss of something really valuable and essential. I didn't really have a strategy as to where the money would come from to replace it. There was a system in place to get another one if only I had gone and got the insurance for it. But I hadn't. Now, for the third time, I was approaching the said town to the area that I had to go to in order to check to see if it had been handed in. And as I approached the desk, Father God spoke clearly. I just felt that inner voice and I felt him say to me, stay towards the left hand of these two cues because I want to do a miracle. I thought, oh my gosh, okay, is someone going to need healing? Um, are they going to drop dead? And I used the CPR. That, that would be a miracle because it's been so long, honestly. You know, so anyway, I did what he said and after the dialogue with the person, I was presented with a replacement. I had no insurance for this valuable item, and there it was. It's all taken care of, they said. You don't have to pay anything. No worries, was the reply. I was overcome. I was just blown away. I was teary, not because, some, although it was amazing, the person was so kind, but Father God had actually given me a directive and said he wanted to do that for me. And so I connected with him, and I was, I was sort of breathless and tearful, and I just felt him, I just know that he wants to provide for our needs, and his kindness and favor in the mundane of life is there when we're feeling overlooked. I hope that encourages you in some way, and just to, to try practicing to listen to his this inner voice and not harden your hearts but keep them soft because it's actually your birthright. It says, my sheep know my voice. And then there's the sowing season. This is the opposite. So you're in season. So like Jesus sought Simon and his partner out, um, it could be time from the Holy Spirit to invest in one or two particular individuals that we feel called to pray for or or a more go-and-tell situation, show-them-about-me situation. Just as a side, there were uh, exciting things in the city at the moment. Ne- uh, different um, denominations getting together on the main street in front of Bath City only the other weekend. Um, they prayed, they um, chatted about a little model they could use to go up and down that street. Three people became Christians on the street there and then that day. I think that's great. <laughs> Whoa! Praise Jesus. That's, that's at least three. I only spoke to one person. So exciting things are happening just to encourage you, okay? Um, beforehand, we see that Jesus was teaching a crowd, and I guess up to this point, Simon and partner were sort of half part of that crowd and half acquainted with Jesus. It feels like they're a bit in and a bit out and kind of you know, moving from the outer circle to a bit of an inner circle. Um, but as a result of this encounter, we see a radical movement from Jesus, being someone they know about through hanging around to someone they really know to literally give up their lives as they know it for. <laughs> so who is it that's on your heart to usher closer into his presence? So we as big church right now, as you know, are in a strategy of kind of going and telling, a season to to sow and, and to, to invest in people's lives. Um, this is when we have a boldness given to us by God. No one can conjure it up. It's partly through revelation that our lives are short. Um, you know, the older we get. <laughs> and um, 
very short compared to eternity and partly through his uh, sense of his commissioning to go and tell that we sense the need to push in, to leave our comfort, same old, same old. And I sense God saying well done to people who've invited folk to Alpha and anybody that's listening that's not here and sacrifice stuff to get them here on Wednesdays. It's tiring. (laughs) Okay? Because time is short, isn't it, for all of us? And for you to show up with your friends is an amazing thing. Um, So you're sort of going and telling them to come and see and hear about precious Jesus. So wasn't it kind of Jesus to give them a directive to go out into deep waters and let down the nets? Wasn't that really, really kind? They must have wondered where the next fish finger was coming from. It says they were discouraged they'd been out all night. If Simon had listened to his logic and fatigue, he might not have got to see the miracle. Do you know, it's often at the very last our our quest about an issue that we have breakthrough. I've seen it time and time and time again. I still don't learn. (laughs) With prayers for specific provision for folk, family, um, financially, particularly uh, personal sort of family breakthroughs emotionally and physically. And it wouldn't surprise me if we get a higher proportion of folk finding him at the end of Alpha. You know, note that extra mile that Simon was prepared to go in spite of a bit of a grump, fatigue after the directive that he had. And then the miracle comes. So we obey and then the Holy Spirit comes and then we see God work overwhelming Simon. At one point, he was freaked out. Get away from me. He's probably ashamed at the immediacy recalling the grump he had when Jesus said, can you put the boats out? Lord, we've been up all night. (laughs) Don't do this. He's probably thinking. Not to mention all the other mess-ups that are probably going on, the secret things he's probably carrying. Suddenly, Jesus, this guy, blesses him with so much that he feels his regret and his shame. I'm not worth this. I'm not worth this. But Jesus, chilled as ever, reassures him. He says, don't be afraid. Miracles can leave us in shock and in awe. But so we remember them. They're always intended to cause another to feel the love because God is good And then Jesus warmly invites him not only to simply be an acquaintance in the half in, half out, but if you like to be drawn into friendship. So let's bear with our unbelieving friends and root ourselves so deeply in his love that their cynicism and their anger, their struggles, they don't faze us. Where else can you go when you've seen revelation and miracles like that? Where else can we go when the penny drops that he actually passionately died for me? And I'm certain that you can call to mind times when he's been there for you and blessed you in subsequent, many subsequent situations. To those who've been given much, much will be expected. And the more we follow, the more we see and the transformation in and through us, when we carry his presence to work out and about, it will be awesome. It will be awesome. Verse 6, I'm now getting a sense of excitement with, oh my word, 
are we going to get back to shore in one piece? The nets are breaking. It's time to stop. And then still more, they call on the others to come and get and take the weight of this abundance. Now in verse 7, both boats are sinking. Yikes! How is this ending? Are we going to make it? You know, there's all these emotions going on in the middle of this. And look how this encounter and miracle impacted Simon and his business partners. They're witnessing a miracle. It's disproportionate to their expectation. Simon's moved from arguing what you want about Jesus to, okay, then why not? If you say so, he'll probably just get us something to eat. To he has some power about him. Oh, my days. I never realized it. Overwhelmingly, more than they had capacity for. It's a holy chaos. Do you know what I mean? It says, once they came out to take some of the blessing, they too were astonished, not expected, and yet given. When God's spirit is behind something, there's a ripple effect, and you, you'll get the right promptings to know when to pray, how to pray, and then you just let him do his job. And watch the extravagance unfold. Do you know, if there's no prophetic word that's cutting it for you, uh, you we did prophecy, didn't we? Uh, I don't know whether it was last week, I can't know, two weeks ago. Anyway, if if you haven't had anything true spoken over you as late, my advice is to go to the word. And I mean, I'm talking the word as in Jesus, the person. He says, I am the word. Spill. Tell him how you're feeling. Shout, there must be more than this. And Simon wasn't afraid of answering back, being emotionally honest. Why should we be? And then we see his breath, his scripture in the light of his presence, don't we? See what he's impressing on you. What's he saying to you in your situation? What's your now word? What does he want you to focus on? And then see around you the situations unfolding. What's he saying through that? Pictures, images. It's a win-win because even when we're weak, he is strong. And when he shows after us persevering, our hearts are blessed and encouraged. To summarize all of that babble, just I I just, just came to mind this thing of tell the time. So hopefully this will help. Tell the time. So because of the times we're in, we need to sheep keep short accounts with him about our heart attitudes regarding people groups, particularly nationalities. He wants to go to reach the nations. Are you ready? Time. Tell the time. Are you ready? Is it time to face some fears? Not too many in one go. (laughs) Tell the time. What season are you in? Recognize it. Be free from condemnation inner thoughts of unworthiness due to comparing yourself with another. I'm not as spiritual as they are, that sort of thing. Don't let the enemy get in that way. Time. Be careful not to be so busy that you find rest in what doesn't cut. Uh, It's kind of like um, work hard, play hard type thing, if you know what I mean. It wasn't David taking a rest that was the problem. It was the lack of self-control while he was resting that led him to his downfall with Bathsheba. So in the busyness, we are just as susceptible. I mean, short tempers. 
So it's good to let your hair down, live life to the full. But take care when your heart is sensitive to what you watch, what you read. Your, your boundaries will be different from other people. They'll be specific to you. And have confidence to assert that and apply your needs and tolerances. And time, I stopped. <laughs> I am finished now. But I really want to be there if anything's come up to pray. I'd love to pray with anybody that wants prayer. I'm sure there are other people who'd like to do that. And there's no worship. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what do you want to do, Tim? Andrew? I think, I think Tim might be fixing the computer. I don't know whether the rest of the worship band want to start to come up.